Thank you. Right. Are you suggesting that someone's trying to make a real-life sequel? Stat 2? Who'd want to do that? Sequels suck. No. Two in the box! Ready to go! We be fast and they be slow! Wow! A second Super Saiyan? Second in order, perhaps, but by no means in stature. Your fight is with me now. I'll have my revenge and Deathstalker, too. Man, I can't fucking believe this. Another basement, another elevator. How can the same shit happen to the same guy twice? Oh, please, please. By definition alone, there are fewer films. Well, hey, everyone, and welcome to the first December episode of Inside the Sequel. I'm your host, as always, Chris Hurtado, and I cannot be excited for this uh, this uh, month of uh, episodes, especially with today's episode. Um, if you haven't visited the channel before, uh, this Inside the Sequel, where we talk about inside, where we talk about sequel movies that uh, don't get enough love or attention. And last month we did the Star Wars sequel trilogy with Daniel Appler from the Cobwebs podcast, and I want to thank him for being on there. And I highly recommend people check that out. If they have it. But this month, we have a bunch of awesome episodes lined up. Uh, we have today's episode, and then we have next week's episode with Mark Wheaton, where we talk about uh, Friday the 13th Part 5. And then at the end of the month, we have uh, Chris Bowie from the Film Stock talking about National Treasure 2. But today, we are talking about <laughs> the 1985 sequel, Howling 2, Your Sister's a Werewolf. Party time! Ow! It's the rocking, shocking, new way of horror. Howling 2. It's not over yet. Two. I saw, I'm going to tag that in with the yep. one and no, only. Just do that. With the one and only <laughs> Doug McCambridge from Good Times, Great Movies. Uh, Doug, you're back on here again. How you doing, man? I'm doing great, Chris. Thanks for uh, continuing to have me on. I thought maybe after Caddyshack Two, there was no chance that I'd be back. So I thought, well, how how could I possibly follow that up? <laughs> but I decided to bring something that is, I think, the worst thing I've brought you yet. <laughs> this okay. Here's here's what I did. I totally I totally fucked your show this week. Like I <laughs> I one hundred percent, and it was unintentional because my thought. This is my third time here. I'm just going to give you my stupid way of thinking about how to approach your show. I give I give no thought to anybody else's show, but yours, I might be overthinking Thank it. Thank you. <laughs> For the first episode, we talked about uh, Prom Night 2. Hello, Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2, mm -hmm. which I think is an amazing movie, and it's head and shoulders above the original, and I don't even think that's up for debate. Facts. Second episode, I thought... 
personally, for me, as a child, I thought Caddyshack 2 was really great. I kind of wanted to see how it would hold up. And so I decided, hey, I'll just throw it out there. I'll rewatch it. And I was kind of surprised how much fun it was. So I decided for this, I'm going to do something, again, totally different. And I'm going to pick a movie that I had never seen before. You, you bastard. And, <laughs> and I am going... but. I had heard of it. Like, I heard that it is such a crazy, bonkers, like, really dumb but fun movie. And I don't think that's accurate. No, I don't think. <laughs> so I really, like, I feel bad because I feel like your show is for people to come on and talk about movies that they actually love. And I sort of did that the first two times. And I tested this and it was an abject failure you're the first to challenge my patience and my viewing with a suggested episode <laughs> i was actually very excited for this well, i mean with with a title with a subtitle your sister is a werewolf and then listening to three characters all say your sister's a werewolf within the first 14 minutes of the movie i was like this is gonna be some crazy ass nonsense <laughs> and it kind of got super boring <laughs> I, was, I was really uninterested in what was happening you throw as many boobs as you want at me i my patience was tested oddly enough i like to think of this movie as howling to your sister's a werewolf too i don't know why i want to add that too at the end of it but i just do it, i mean that makes it sound like a naked gun sequel <laughs> like that's what they would do for those but yeah this i i one hundred percent. I apologize. Like this is either going to be the no. Never mind. No, no, no. This no. will be the shortest episode of your podcast. Here's how. Here, here's say. how it played out in my head because people always want to know yeah. how this shit works on this ep on this show, and sure. no one has the mental capacity and the self torture like I do, um, to to function with this kind of show. I knew you closed. Uh, my month of uh, our anniversary, you closed it with Caddyshack 2, and then we, we took a hiatus, and then we went back for Star Wars to get our mind cleared. Um, and yeah. now you're back again for the first episode for this month, and you had been <laughs> in the comment sections on Twitter. You've been in the Twitter threads with the Star Wars stuff. You just got off fresh off No Not mm -hmm. November. There was a Vinegar Syndrome yep. Black Friday sale, and I think you were like, Howling 2, kind of hot. Let me let me let me mix these things together and go inside the sequel to blow my load is how I look at I, it. I can't I fucked this up so badly. Like with a title like that, I was like, how can you mess this up? And there were moments, I mean, you put those like crazy wraparound sunglasses on Christopher <laughs> Lee and you throw them in that club. Like that is an image that will stick with me for the rest of my life. But that's probably all I'm going to take away oh. from this movie. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, and like what I texted you in the DMs is I, I'm not a big fan of Joe Dante's original 1981 yeah. Howling. So I was all up for this one. To me, it was kind of right. like, if I didn't like this one, I'll probably like the sequel. And then I, I realized there's Ooh. like four other sequels on top of this movie. There's, they do numbers up to five. And then there are two to three more after that. Good God. I can't. I, I, can't, I, I honestly don't know what to we say. Could, we could make I another really... Howling movie if we wanted to. Oh, we could definitely make a Howling movie. I think the last one was 2011. So it's, it's really due um, for, for another Howling movie. This is just, this is really, 
And I didn't I didn't want to hint at this at all while we were talking before we start recording. I wanted to wait to record because I was like, well, all the all the episodes are going to be is me apologizing. No. So I don't want to do that early because then there's honestly nothing for us right. to talk about. Well, I'm curious. Um, what do you? So you were go, this whole past month. It was all Star Wars for me. So it's nice to get back in. I, and I love Star hey. Wars, but it's nice to get back into the flow of sequel movies that are like sure. of my quality. Can, can we? Can we talk about Star Wars a little bit? Is that okay? We can, because I feel like the internet has been after me about Star Wars since my Uh, ranking. I mean, those rankings were insane. (laughs) I I have to say, like, both of your rankings were super crazy. I think I... I think I really enjoyed your bottom half and Daniel's top half. But, like... As entire rankings, none of them made sense. <laughs> but also, you guys, also, after your rankings, you were like, well, there's going to be some boring asshole out there who ranks these, like, original sequel." And I'm like, oh, no, I'm that boring asshole. Like, that's exactly how I would rank this stuff. But I do have to say, um, first of all, I enjoyed listening to you guys for, I'm going to call it uh, Fly Vember. Yeah. And, or, no, Flytober. Flytober. And then Star Wars Vember. Um, and I'm not saying, listen, I'm not saying that anyone should put cobwebs to bed or anyone should maybe just, you know, shut inside the sequel down. But I could listen to you guys talk about franchises on your own show. That was, it was an absolute delight listening to the two of you every week for two months. Oh, that, and I really do mean that. That means a lot, man. I really do appreciate that. And I know Daniel does too. Coming from you, that means a lot. Um, yeah. Basically, the idea was Daniel and I have been doing this for most of how long we've known each other. And uh, we mm-hmm. just put a mic there. So, yeah. I'm glad. No, it, it was really great. And you guys actually got me to watch um, the last two Star Wars sequels. Yes, nice. I'm glad to hear Cause, that. Because I, I watched the, whatever it's called, I'm going to say Ray's Adventure, whatever the <laughs> first one was. And I was like, okay, that was fine. Like, it's it's a movie, and I was like, it's totally fine. And for some reason, like, I just didn't have the interest, or it didn't hook me enough to watch the other two, even though that stuff just floating around on Disney Plus in my house all the time. Mm-hmm. But you guys got me to watch it. And I kind of enjoyed them, and I'm I'm okay with that. Like I am a, I don't know if I'm an entire generation older than you, <laughs> but I have to say those prequels like destroyed me. Like, to like, the first the Phantom Menace I watched, and I was just I wasn't angry. I was just confused. I was like, I don't know what this is. This is this isn't Star Wars. And I really started to think. I was like, maybe the Star Wars that I liked was just dumb baby shit too. And then I like rewatched it. And I was like, no, I think these are good. I'm not sure. And then I watched, uh, what's the second one? Attack of the Clones. Uh, Attack of the Clones. Holy shit. I was just, I was just laughing. I was like, this is all, it was like, nothing could be written this badly. Like nothing can be acted this badly. And when it, when it, there was like a, I'm going to call it a, you know, Nintendo 64 cartoon of Yoda flipping around at the end. I was like, this is fucking awful. I still have not watched the Revenge of the Sith or whatever, and I'll probably be fine dying. Not oh my God. I mean, I low, I rated that one pretty low myself too. Yeah. Um, with, and I gave reason. It's a little melodramatic for my liking and it's runtime. It's yeah. a little too long for me, but 
Man, that's that's yeah. crazy. I like I said, Star Wars is one of those weird franchises or titles where you can look at it from so many different angles and nobody's ever wrong. It's just what you yeah. like, you know? No, 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 it's no, exactly. Weird. And I and I also I also really do feel like it's kind of a generational thing. Mm. You know, my kids, I mean, my oldest kid is is 14, so they're pretty young. But boy, they love those sequels. They they absolutely adore them. Um, adore. I have refused oh my goodness. to. I've that refused. adjective, adore. I know, I know. I I use that on purpose because I heard you say that at the end of the episode. You're like, "What is the difference between love and adore? Why do you love something and then you adore something else?" But anyway, I have not shown them the prequels, and I'm hoping they never stumble upon them. So anyway, uh, but no, I and I don't want to use this time to talk about uh, your past episodes, but they were really great, and I do, I you guys were fantastic together. Well, so hey. I wanted to say, you know, I was saving it for the recording too. Um, I got, I, are you on Spotify? Because I got my Spotify wrapped, um, you know, like shown to me. And good movies or good time, good movies, great times was um, in my top five recording podcast for the year. What? Yeah. All right. Okay. Don't know how that happened. You know what? I love this. Let's just get on, suck each other's dicks for a while, and then, <laughs> and then stop recording. Speaking of sucking dicks, I mean, I want to talk about, because yeah. you're one of the few people Let's... outside of my friend groups where we could talk about like yeah. Blu-rays, boutique label purchases, and, and shit like that. Sure. I was on Matt Bledsoe's Film Feast, where we talked about, on th- mm-hmm. uh, Friendsgiving, and we talked about Blu-ray collecting and things that pissed me off. And then I talk about Vinegar Syndrome. And then Vinegar Syndrome's Black Friday sale happened. And I know last time we talked, we talked a lot about Vinegar Syndrome. Did you mm-hmm. buy anything during the sale? I bought nothing. Fuck, dude. No. <laughs> I, I didn't buy any. I, I know. I, I was like, I know he has flesh I, and Frankenstein in his car in Ebola sin- Syndrome. I need to know all about no. it. No, I don't. I don't. I have to. I honestly, I have to stop. <laughs> I have to, I don't, I don't have the space. I can't justify this stuff to my family anymore. Like it's, it's kind of sad. Like I, I feel bad when my wife walks into the basement and just stands there just looks at this wall of random letters uh-huh. vertically. And I'm like, yeah, that's a thing that I watched once and will never watch again. <laughs> like, I, I really have to stop. <laughs> I couldn't you see, like I have a girlfriend, but I could never like imagine like, I don't know, having loved ones come to my house or live with oh. me all the time and then just constantly look at that wall of shame and just look at me oh. like I committed a crimes against humanity. It's embarrassing. <laughs> I, I don't want to bring anyone down into my basement. It is, it's really like, because the questions will be like, oh, what, like, why do you, I don't have a good answer either. Like, I don't have an answer. And then they look and they're like, I haven't heard of 90% of these movies, and I don't know how to respond to that either. <laughs> They're like, hey, what's Peep Show Volume 6 from Vinegar Syndrome? Is that any good? <laughs> like, like, it's not as good as Volume 4, but if you want to check it out, go right ahead. Me? I would be like, why the fuck is it on DVD? That's my problem. <laughs> right. <laughs> the discs are too big. They don't line up right. God, if there's anything that pisses me off more besides black cases next to blue cases with the 4K and Blu-ray, it's the freaking tall case of DVDs. I can't oh, do it. Listen, I I love how this podcast is just everybody stop listening by now, but that's totally <laughs> fine. I had to buy a because we're going to cover Nick Cage in Vampire's Kiss soon. Ooh. And 
And Vampire's Kiss, Shout Factory put yep. it out, but it's out of print, and it's $145 now. So there's this German media book. And I was like, oh, German media book? It was like 20 bucks. I'm like, great, fine. Shipping was 87 <laughs> But I was like, I'll take this. The thing's like an inch taller than every other Blu-ray I have. It's, it drives me crazy. You know what's funny about Vampire's Kiss? I actually picked up that Blu-ray. Excuse me, I'm drunk. Um, but I picked up that Blu-ray at a garage, at a garage sale for like five bucks, the screen factory. And I brought it to Daniel's house and we watched it with Nathan Jones. And I was not very interested in the movie. I was too busy playing with his cat. Um, but it's funny that how out of print that movie was. And I came to my lap and I sold it and I was like, man, this movie sucks. Whatever. (laughs) I'm not a big fan of it. Yeah, but I think of it. Yeah, but I think about things like that. Like, I got so much shit that's out of print. And I'm like, am I even... I hate selling stuff online. Oh, like, I love it. The hassle of selling and boxing and mailing. Like, it is something I do not have time oh, for. I don't have patience. I can't keep track. I sold off a bunch of shit once. And so I got all these messages in. And I was getting DMs and everything. Keeping track of who wanted what <laughs> made me insane. <laughs> I hated it so much. What's uh what's the most expensive thing in your collection, Doug? Oh, what's your know. most out of print print? Don't don't ask me questions like this <laughs> when I can't like when I have no time. Actually, um most of the um I have all of the, the stuff put up by Plain Archive. Oh. Um and all of the almost all of that stuff is out of print. And there's this train hold on. <laughs> He's literally, people who are listening, he's literally getting up and looking to find these things to show me right now. This is incredible. This makes for wonderful audio medium. But there is a, there's this train to Busan Soul Station. Oh my God, that thing's huge. That they put out. It's huge. It's basically the same thing, but just three completely different packages (laughs) for it. But then there's like stickers and a big map and a giant poster and in each one. Yeah, this is this is dude. That's those are like thick too. Those are like big box oh. things inside of a bigger box. That's insane. Yeah, they're all and they're all steel books in here too. Oh, where did you get yeah. that? Uh, from their from their website. Holy shit! Yeah, plain archive. They're they're amazing stuff. Like there's they put everything in. This, there's this little envelope here. In the- with some stickers. Oh, dude. We're grown men buying little, stickers like, and postcards. Illustrations and stuff. Postcards. Yeah. yeah. It's all it's all nonsense. <laughs> it's all garbage nonsense that I assume my family's just going to like, you know, put in the grave with me. Or so. I don't know where this stuff is going. Nobody's going to. My kids aren't going to want this garbage. Uh, Dan- Daniel and Nathan and I, we talk about this stuff all the time. And Grindhouse, yeah. I think it's Grindhouse Rising. Is that the label? Or releasing, releasing. Releasing. They, it's becoming such a trend these days where movies that are worth five to $10 are getting $40 releases because they're putting in CDs, reversible posters, postcards, stickers, stills from the movie, unnecessary stuff in the worst packaging ever. And I don't know what's going, and this is more of a Friendsgiving like supplement right here for you. Uh, where it's like, it's so unnecessary to the point where it's like, I can't even find the disc anymore without seeing all the bullshit oh, yeah. first. No, no, no. But uh, like, I kind of dig that. Um, 
my office at work, you should, I just have, I, I pull anything I get out of any Blu-ray I buy and I stick it on the wall of my office. It's just littered <laughs> with all sorts of posters and stickers and all sorts of nonsense. Cause I don't, I don't see the point. I know I just pulled a bunch of crap out of there that I haven't hung up, mm-hmm. but I don't see the point of like, if they're giving it to me, I'm going to display it. I'm going to put it somewhere. I'm not going to like fold up that little poster and just like shove it back in the box. I don't see the purpose of that. <laughs> if I didn't want it, like I would wait until they have a stripped down, you know, whatever, $20 version of it. But basically what Arrow if I'm going to buy. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Like, if, but if I'm going to buy the, the CD with it, well, I'm going to take that CD and I'm going to shove it in my stupid Mac and I'm going to put all that stuff on iTunes <laughs> and listen to it. Then. What you just admitted to was a crime and I'm reporting you, Doug. <laughs> wait, isn't that what you're supposed to do? <laughs> Uh, you see, where am I going to listen to a CD? <laughs> what? what? Uh, you know, you got to ask Keith Holland um, about these things. This is that he's the kind of guy for that. Yeah, yeah. God, I feel so bad. This is the worst way to start your show after <laughs> taking a hiatus and getting everybody angry about Star Wars. Because now everybody that tuned in for the Star Wars stuff is like, "Wait, this is what this show is on a regular basis?" No, this show is on. Th- Thin fucking ice for December. I, because I would I would not be offended if you got someone else to do this <laughs> later on tonight about a movie they actually cared about mm-hmm. and just like clipped five minutes of this <laughs> to put it at the end. No, dude. Proof that it actually happened. After after my Star Wars ranking, the the blasphemy that came out of my mouth on the Friendsgiving on Film Feast, and then Nathan Jones latest latest video where I talked about 2000s films and called the Cohen brothers mid. Um, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to be allowed I, on podcast. I would, I would agree with you there. Yes. I, I love coming on your show. Cause I would totally, I'll back you up with that a hundred percent. Okay. I, Here's the argument to make. When's the last time you're like, also, let me put a Cohen brothers movie on over the movie Shrek or Shrek two. Well, wait, hold on. Now you're taking this a little too far. Okay. Listen, I was, I was with you there okay, no, no. until you bring Shrek into the conversation. Here's my honest look. The Coen brothers are great filmmakers. They have films I absolutely love. But the thing is, they came out at sure. a pivotal time that independent films were coming out in the 90s, mm-hmm. early 90s. Who else was coming out during that time? Tarantino, Paul Thomas Anderson, Steven Soderbergh, you could even throw in there too. Mm-hmm. These other directors who have put just equally impressive works do not get the same shared love that the Coen brothers get. And it kind of irks me in a way because I prefer those other directors' works way more than the Coen brothers. I feel like the Coen brothers, though, I don't want to say they play it safe, but they play directly to the people that like them you know what i mean like like they haven't made a movie yet that everybody's like what the fuck is this like everybody knows what it's going to be going in and they're already on board where i think those other directors are sometimes trying things that are different and maybe a little bit too different Mm -hmm. and sort of turning off the fan base from time to time Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and again i'm not saying that they're that they're bad or anything like that um their films are very watchable i mean i prefer listen if i'm if i'm gonna pull a coen brothers movie and watch it like i'll watch miller's crossing i'll watch barton fink um before anything else oh wow weird 
Yeah, I know. <laughs> See, the Coe Brothers' best works for me are like the more less popular. But I mean, Inside Llewyn Davis was very well critically received, and True Grit is, was an Oscar-nominated Best Picture winner as well as Fargo. Yeah. Um, so it's like those are my favorite ones. But I mean, Burn After Reading, yeah. I'm never gonna watch once again, and um, right. Blood Simple is I'm simply never gonna watch that movie again because it's very. Bleh. Yeah, it's 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 fun. It's one of those ones where it's like watching and going, oh, okay, these they can make movies, and it was on display at that point in their career. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't have the hate for them that I'm not going to say a lot of people do, but some people do definitely, and it sounds like you kind of do. Uh, <laughs> it's because I hate film and anything popular, basically, because I'm a Grinch around this time. Of oh, year. me too. No. Yeah. Yeah. I have missed out on so many wonderful things because I will reject what's popular <laughs> out of hand immediately. Like I will watch things 10, 20 years later. I'm like, you know what? La La Land's actually pretty okay. Where the fuck have you been? No. Okay. No, we can't get into la- <laughs> We Damien Chazelle's. I'm waiting for that filmography to grow because that will be one of the best. I feel like if it continues to grow. I don't. I think he alienated people with First Man, and we're talking about that inside the sequel for whatever reason. But <laughs> God. you know, we should... I am so responsible for this. <laughs> no, it's all... if this is the last episode of the show, <laughs> I'll feel bad. But also, I kind of told you to stop the show at the very beginning, so I'm not going to feel terrible. <laughs> no, no, Doug, we're getting a published author and a growing YouTuber later this month. You're totally fine. Oh, good. Oof, <laughs> man. All right. Well, that's safe. I... Um, this could just be something that's lost and forgotten this, about, never commented on this again. This is episodes for like the day one subscribers, the ones who like really were in the thick of inside the sequel. Um, but yeah, yeah, right. This is what they're clamoring for. Right. So here's the thing: werewolves, yeah. the werewolf genre yeah. horror. Where do you stand with? Don't it? like it. <laughs> okay, wait. Sorry, I have to walk away again for just one second. But I didn't plug in my laptop. I'm such oh an my god. There. Okay. Um, no, I'm glad we're. I'm glad we can get into this because this is shockingly related to the movie. <laughs> um, I, I am not a big fan. I, I find that werewolf movies are tough to make because I find the monster very uninteresting because it's just a monster. Like, like once it's not a man anymore or a woman or whatever, it's just this bloodthirsty killing machine, and I don't find that as yeah, like Dracula's cool and he's fucking sexy and everything like that. Werewolves are just these killing machines and I just don't find it all that interesting. The one thing I would say is, do you have the um, the universal sets? I don't have every single one, but I have the essentials collection. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. On the, um, in the werewolf, or sorry, in the Wolfman set, She-Wolf of London is really great <laughs> because it, it's more of a murder mystery. It's like people are being killed and they're not sure who it is. And this one woman's like bedridden, but she sees like little, you know, dirt paws on her floor at night. And she thinks that she might be a werewolf and she might be killing people. It's really, really great because it's not basically about a werewolf. Huh? Yeah. I, I, outside of the original, um, 
the where um the Wolfman, which I think is a perfect mm-hmm. film. That that was my first yeah. Universal monster movie, and uh, it was amazing. I I watched that movie for the first time with American Werewolf in London, and um, both of those movies are fantastic. But I agree, the werewolf genre is tough for me to get into. It yeah. it's I mean there's there's not a lot in terms of like quality besides those two main ones. I mean. The first Howling movie came out the same year as American Werewolf in London, and I think that movie blows the Howling. And I love Joe Dante. Don't get me wrong; I love his work. Yeah, um, that that movie blows his work out of the water easily. Yeah, I think it does too. Because what I love about um, American Werewolf in London is how small the movie is and how contained it is. Like every time I watch it, like I'm always shocked when the movie ends because i'm like what the fuck i thought there was like a half hour Mm -hmm. 40 minutes Mm -hmm. more like i thought it was more than just oh we're in the underground and we're outside and we're kind of in an apartment and then suddenly the movie's over i'm like wow that is it flies by (laughs) and not that i think the howling is doing too much but man when it's like oh now we're on the beach and we're just a big coven of werewolves i'm like is this thing still going like i thought we were following a reporter. Like it's, it's, it's a little bit too much. Yeah. And I don't think the wolf transformations, the wolf costumes are as, as good as an American werewolf in London was, or, and I prefer like the, the tragedy of the werewolf character versus like a covenant of werewolves, like werewolves yeah. in proc in, in quantity doesn't work for me as much. Um, wait, wait, wait. Even when they're having an orgy, <laughs> you know, I don't like to see that much hair in my orgies. That's a lot of hair. <laughs> and it's so, like, delicately placed on their body. It's like the most like, unsexual, did... sexual thing I've seen on film. Yeah. It's like, well, we have to show nudity, but there has to be hair. So let's get the lightest. It almost looks like they just, like, dropped hair, like, sprinkled it on the actors as they're laying there naked. It looks so bizarre in this movie. Yeah, and it's weird because, like, I mean, it's a, like you said, it's an occult. It's In the first movie, it's a cult of yeah. of werewolves. And, and in this movie, it's um, it's another cult. It's like a... It feels like it feels like a it feels like a covenant of wolves, but like that feels like it's more reserved for vampires, you know, or witches or something. But they landed on werewolves because it's a howling sequel. Yes. Also, I never know where we are. I never know what's happening. I don't know how these two got so involved (laughs) in in this whole. Like, I I also. I also don't know what Reb Brown and whoever the woman, I, I apologize, I don't know that actress's name. I don't know what their relationship is. At the funeral, they don't seem to know each other. They go away, they get a hotel room together, have sex, and then there is one of my favorite, and I'm using air quotes, scenes in this is when she's in the bathtub <coughs> relaxing. And it's this POV shot where I guess I guess we're supposed to think a werewolf is spying on her in the tub. And it just turns out to be Red Brown staying there. And he goes, hello, honey. What you doing? I'm like, are you guys married? Suddenly you just had sex for the first time an hour ago. I'm pretty sure it was the first time he had sex, too, based on the way he carries himself throughout this movie. Um, My God. But yeah, this is the movie. I, I haven't seen the Howling sequels, but I know this is the only Howling movie where it's connected to the first movie because it's the brother of the main character in the first movie. 
um, continuing that mystery of like what killed yeah. her. Um, I, 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 there's no reason to have any connection here because like you said, the only connection is that he was related to her, but that honestly has nothing to do with anything else that happens after he's like, well, my sister's a <laughs> werewolf. And then we got a jet set to European question mark country to kill a bunch of <laughs> werewolves because of reasons. But it has Christopher Lee in it. Christopher Lee just struggling to, I don't know, add any sort of clout or interest or keep the audience paying attention at all. Like he, sometimes he seems like, and, and he's, is an amazing actor. Like I, you put Christopher Lee in anything. I will watch it. Mm-hmm. Case in point, mm-hmm. howling too. <laughs> he's delivering some of these lines. Like someone's got a gun to his head. Like he seems so disinterested slash just wants to get this shit over with. It is. It's so bizarre. I've never seen him act this poorly in a movie ever. Yeah. And what's funny is Joe Dante did the first movie and then, Christopher Lee ends up being in Gremlins 2 yes. with Joe Dante, which he, fa- I, I don't know if that's famously, or I found out on the internet, he apologized to Joe yeah. Dante for, <laughs> oh my God. I want that conversation for him to apologize and Joe John Dante to go, wait, they made a second howling? <laughs> By the time Gremlins 2 came out, there was already a third one, I'm pretty sure. So. Oh, I'm guaranteed. Yeah. yeah I. Yeah. I mean, that seems a little... That seems a little silly that he would apologize for, you know, being in mm-hmm. this movie, but whatever. Like, it's it's fun and it's funny, but yeah, I, I just, there's nothing here. Like, there's nothing here in this movie. Like, every scene that happened, I was like, these just seem like random scenes that they kind of stitched together in some sort of fashion where it almost made a linear storyline in the end. If you close your eyes and stick your fingers in your ear. Here's the thing. No, 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 no. The theme song of this movie is definitely worth the stay though. <laughs> it's pretty, you great. get it in the opening and you get it at the end credits of this movie. But the first time it's like you said, in the beginning, the movie starts with the funeral, Christopher Lee explaining that, um, you know that there's werewolves that exist and we have to kill them and then can we quickly talk about this funeral when the i don't know priest or whatever just listen to him because i watched this goddamn thing three times oh my for god listening to him at the beginning and he's like what kind of a world do we live in where someone is just gunned down but i guess that's what's happening now like this isn't what are you talking about aren't you supposed to say some sort of prayer and then i don't know tell everybody there's coffee outside or something but he's just going on and on about how horrible the world is and i can't believe this poor woman was gunned down and I hate this movie. I think I hate it so much. Well, easy, easy. We're not on your podcast. We're on mine right now. There's some things right. to like okay. in this movie. Right. What I think is funny, though, is that um, the actress, Annie McEnroe, so she plays the the, the news reporter. What's yeah. funny about this is before, because I knew you wanted to do this movie, but before I watched this movie, I unintentionally yeah. watched 1988's Cop with James Woods, and she's in the movie oh. as well. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, she's in that movie, and then I was watching The Howling, and I was like, this actress looks familiar. She was in Cop with James Woods. <laughs> wow. 
Okay. Yeah. All right. So she has a had a career. She, she had a big career in the eighties, and she was in that one movie that's on Criterion for whatever knows reason. Um, uh, True Stories is that? I think that's what it's called. With oh yeah, yeah. And she's in Beetlejuice yep. too. What? Yeah. Who's she in Beetlejuice? Uh, I think she's one of like the executives that comes and sits down at the table. I think that's. I, I think know. that's her. It's been a while. I I, I, I can't remember. But okay. yeah, she she's in that. I <laughs> like how they're executives. <laughs> you know, they have the dinner party for the uh, executives. <laughs> Maybe she's the realtor. Oh, that that lady that lady barely that could... gets any screen time. It could be her. Ah, okay. But yeah, I, don't know. I that's where right I... now I'm just making up where <laughs> my yeah. biggest thing about when I'm on episodes with you is connecting actors or actresses with sure. movies that have boutique label releases. Or movies I recently rewatched. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but yeah, so she's in this, and I, I'm with you. There's no sexual chemistry between her and the main character in this movie. Um, but Christopher... That guy's just a sack of doorknobs trying to act. Like, Reb Brown is... Like, he's legendarily terrible. He was the original um, Captain America in those first two oh. Captain America movies in the late 70s. Uh. He's just a big slab of meat walking around. And, you know, that's kind of what he is in this movie. And you can kind of see that Christopher Lee does not want to act with this guy. No, it seems like they're doing two different types of movies. That's 100% sure. While also being an yeah. 80s movie as well. 1985. It's a pivotal year in movies, I feel like, in 1985. And then you get The Howling 2. And this is the type of movie that's being put out. The <laughs> intro itself looks like it's the start to a mystery science theater movie. Oh, exactly. Do you did you enjoy the wipes in this movie? The many, many wipes. It's there's there's a, one, there's like a diamond wipe and a swirly wipe at one yeah, point. Yeah, the cutaways felt like I was watching the prequel Star Wars movies again. Yep, easily. Exactly. Um and also one thing about this movie is people there's a lot of wolves in this movie like there's like a lot of freaking wolves in this covenant and um they all i remember when i was watching this movie i was like i was telling charlie i was like my girlfriend i was like they don't look like wolves they look like monkeys they look like apes and then i find out (laughs) later on when i'm researching the movie they were they were costumes left over from the planet of the apes movies (laughs) <laughs> and they were just like tattered like they purposely tattered them to make them look like dirty werewolf <clears throat> costumes but these are actually ape costumes from the planet of the apes wow and i saw that when i watched it I was like they look like apes like that's crazy because like, i i will say that it doesn't i mean other than there are so many times where they reuse footage oh i don't know how many times he shoots the same wolf <laughs> but other than that I kind of liked, I know we talked about the delicate hair placement and everything. Mm-hmm. I thought it was pretty good, honestly. I, I didn't, it didn't bother me. But like you said, they all kind of looked like they were constantly mid-transformation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They seem like they're part off, like, it seems like the the henchmen wolves throughout this movie that's oddly, like, berating the, the heroes of the movie, like, randomly just show up and attack them. In, yep. in broad daylight, in new, at night, in in and yeah, it just basically the the characters move from L.A. They go to Transylvania because the main henchman werewolf is this old lady who sucks the life out of another being and becomes young and attract attractive and powerful, and she turns out to be Christopher Lee's sister, who's also a <laughs> was... werewolf hunter. Um, 
And she, yeah, so that that's where the story goes. They go to Transylvania, and I love this scene where there's a bunch of German hitchhikers, and the werewolves are in the back oh, that of a is truck. so great. And all the Germans yep. are like, guten tag. There's like two of them, like, guten tag. They're hitchhiking. And then the drivers are like, oh, good thing they're hungry. And then they pick up the Germans and start eating them when they're climbing on yep. the truck. <laughs> it's it's kind of a fun scene because the scene does just open on two guys' asses who are just poured <laughs> into these shorts. <laughs> and I'm just like, I don't know what's, I don't know how this happened. But yeah, they pull them into the truck and then start eating them because they're talking about how they didn't bring any food with them. <laughs> and and also, I I thought she sucked the life out of Reb Brown's oh, sister. Yeah, 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 you're right. Is that who it is? Yeah. Okay, all right. I didn't know if it was maybe but just But it's a weird person, because but... they're in an actual castle and there's BDSM costumes being worn and some are showing nudity and some are not. They're like frantically yep. shaking and chanting and some people are off cue like they don't know what's going oh, on yeah and there's old people also in the some scene. of the henchmen some of the henchmen are also just wearing like metal <laughs> helmets like big stupid metal helmets <laughs> where i guess they just didn't have prosthetics to make them look like werewolves so they put helmets on them it, i it's so strange and where does that i'm gonna try and be as pc as possible where did that little person come from <laughs> he seemed to be just dropped into this movie for no reason he, yeah because they're in transylvania christopher lee has some boys who lost he, you know lost their families due to the werewolf clan in transylvania which is funny because he played dracula and he's in a werewolf movie and they're in transylvania yeah. um and that's where the werewolf headquarters are um so they figure out that they have to you know basically kill um the main werewolf leader who's his sister to end the whole thing it throughout the movie it's just uh it's scenes of red browning and the reporter getting close to the relationship also then finding christopher lee to give him exposition and then the werewolf henchman woman <laughs> in the middle of a threesome multiple times and Multiple times. Multiple times. Lots of growling, lots of snapping at each other, her pushing their faces away at one point. Yeah, and it's like, and it's not the type, like, for the the people who are listening, you're like, oh, there's a three-way? It's like, it's not that kind of three-way. It's kind of like a really, really great hair makeup effects of people yeah. standing next, sitting, laying next to each other, growling at each other, and that's it. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you were hoping to see full penetration in The Howling 2, you came to the wrong movie. But no, you're right. It's not sexy. It's just, it's bizarre. It's so, and I couldn't imagine telling human beings laying next to each other, snarling and growling and biting each other and like be sexy about it. But it's not sexy. Right. Exactly. It's not. Yes. <laughs> and, and there's that, there's like three main villains too, because there's, there's Sybil Danning who is, uh, Christopher Lee's sister. Mm -hmm. um, and then there is um, the black woman who she, I guess she was the one that transported the body of his sister. I guess that's what her main job was. Yeah. It's Marsha Hunt who plays Mariana. And she has a weird scene right. at the beginning of the movie where she's at a nightclub and she like lures in 
like 80s. Oh, that's a that's great. I kind of enjoyed that. Like this movie was off and running, and I was sort of into it at this point. Yeah, she's like because it was just so cheesy. She just like lures random 80s <laughs> concert goers, punks, I guess. Yeah, like yeah. S- like I don't know, extras in Nightmare on Elm Street threes, like punk scene, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and like. They like want to like you know obviously get intimate with her and then she runs away and then there's that weird like I got something for you and he's like zipping his pants up and down, which this movie has a weird problem with like sexual violence in a weird way. There's so much of that in this movie. There's so much of it. Yeah, it's it's not good, and and like that scene could have been. I don't want to say it could have been great. I love how the, the werewolves are just like throwing boxes at them in bottles. Like they're not even attacking them at first. Yeah. And then finally it's like, okay, now I'm going to kill them. But she's not killing them. It's like other werewolves she's commanded to kill no. them. Because cause the camera keeps cutting back to her in the shadows just growling. And sometimes she has blood on her mouth. Sometimes she doesn't. It's just they managed to get some really nice shots that they wanted to use <laughs> over and over and over in this movie. And it, it didn't really work. Right. And so. Oh, and there's also the bad guy who kind of looks like Jimmy Smith's a little bit. <laughs> um, he is, uh, I had to look this guy up. He is, I don't know if you remember um, uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. He's the convict who's in the car and Pee Wee like, Gets in, Pee Wee has to dress like a woman so they can get through the, the police thing. I'll be honest. But the guy looks so familiar. That's that's who I'm he not, is. But I'm, you know Jimmy Smith's ate this guy's lunch all through the 90s. I'm so lucky I haven't seen a Pee Wee's adventure movie. Oh, you haven't? No, I haven't. It is kind of it is kind of super delightful and adorable. Oh. You should watch the first one. Do you think we like super delightful films on this podcast? I don't know. <laughs> I just recognize him from being in Red Dawn with Patrick Swayze. He's like one of the terrorists, oh. I'm pretty sure. Oh, you are exactly right. Yes. And that's the the yeah, only reason I is. know that is because okay. I watched Red Dawn like a year ago unintentionally. But yeah, Red Dawn doesn't uh, age well either well. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it's not great. It's not great. Uh, but yeah, this movie. So... Okay, so it takes place in Transylvania, and you think, what do you think of Transylvania? You think of Europeans. I don't know what accents people are having in this movie. Like, it is like a mix of Russian and French. Oh, it's all the accents. It's just like, there was no direction given. Like, when they're checking into the hotel, he's like, oh, two bedroom, please. We'll have a one bedroom. And then it's a weird accent. Oh, well, we have a good suite for you. Yes. And I'm like, you, the number is a six, six, six. Right. It's the best, the number. Like, and then I, I don't know. Are you Italian? Or are you French? I don't know. But the thing, and then it was like, it's like, it's like Midsommar with the way they're celebrating their festivities. Yeah. And then I find out, um, doing research for the movie, that it took. So it's 1985. It's still during the Cold War. It's yeah. during the wrong side of the Iron Curtain dropping. There's actual KGB agents following the actors throughout this movie. So that's why filming for this movie, there's scenes where they're just walking and looking uncomfortable. It's because there's real KGB agents observing the actors on filming. That seems so unfair. Oh, my God. 
Like I, I mean, I was reading. Uh, why couldn't they have just like filmed in Detroit? If you need some place <laughs> that looks all like rundown and gross, like why are you traveling? I mean, I guess it was cheaper. Yeah, though this was shot on location, and the beginning parts were shot in Los Angeles, but then most of the rest. That's crazy. And then some parts were then filmed on location in Europe, and I'm like, this movie feels like it shouldn't have had that budget for it. There is no reason to do that because most of the time they're in the woods at night. Yeah, like, it looks like it's in like the, the forest on my local forest preserve. Yes. Wait, why can't you just get some B-roll of a castle, an exterior of a castle, and then you build the shitty set that you had? They, like, it, yeah. there's no reason that town plays no part in this movie. Like, I understand at the end they're celebrating something. I'm going to say the death of the werewolves. <laughs> I'm not sure what's going on. But you didn't need that at all. No. And the film with the wolf orgy and the wolf battling sequences, the underground caverns, that was at actual castles. No. That wasn't just shitty sets no, that were built? No, they told these people you in costume. You can't tell the difference. They were extras in from Czechoslovakia and the area that they were oh. filming. They told them, <laughs> get in these BDSM costumes and a werewolf fur and start pretending to be in an orgy in this castle. Wow. That feels like work, workmanship harassment of some sort. That has to violate OSHA in some sort of capacity. Oh, yeah. I mean, no. I, I mean, it was all cost why they did this, <laughs> but it just seems so bizarre. Like, I wanted to tell the director and... Sorry, it's it's coming so late, but I could not tell that these weren't sets that were built. Like I could not tell this was an actual castle. It looked like every terrible hammer set that was ever created. Oh my god! Like, if ham- it looked exactly like that. If Hammer Studios like got a chance to do a Halloween movie, is that would have been leaps and bounds better than these this movie? Oh. Even the first one, I feel like. That would have been amazing. You got Christopher Lee right there. I feel like they said Christopher Lee was like, hey, the first hauling, it was good. It made enough money. Now we're doing a second, and it's going to be in a castle. It's going to be very homage to Hammer Horror. We'd love to have you I in feel there. like they... I- I feel like they tricked him and, you know, like three months into shooting, he's like, you're sure this is a Hammer movie? Yeah. <laughs> this doesn't feel right to it's, me. And, you know, for 1985... It's and I watched this on T- God bless Tubi. Like Tubi is the goat for streaming. It's it's amazing. Yeah, I watched it this way, and even then the the transfer was horrible. It looked like it was filmed on like <laughs> America's Funniest Home Videos type of like camera work. It was it was not very well yeah. shot. It was very like Christopher Lee. Like he really outdid himself in this movie. He was the only one that was taking this movie serious outside of Sybil Denning. Yeah, I Yeah, I think she saw this more as a like a springboard of her career or something. Yeah. Um but no, he's listen, he's gonna bring gravitas whatever. Like he could be did you ever see did you ever see John Landis's The Stupids? No, I haven't actually. Holy shit, watch it. It's great. <laughs> and also Christopher Lee's in it uh. playing a villain <laughs> and every line he delivers is fucking hilarious but he's playing the whole thing straight he's amazing (laughs) so i don't care what you get him to say or what crappy set you put him in he's gonna be great and i was the thing i was most surprised with 
is that he was throughout the movie. Like when he showed up, I was like, oh, this is going to be a thing where he's like yeah. killed off in the first 20 minutes and then has to suffer through his other ding-dongs <laughs> running around. He was in the whole damn movie. Yeah. You know, I will say this movie, what it tri- it's its its biggest flaw but best charm is yeah. it's a mix of the Hammer horror films with being a Lucille Fulci wannabe film that's in the 80s. Yeah. Because this movie really wants to have the atmosphere of the Hammer Horror movies, but it wants to have the gore and the shock value of a Fulci Italian horror movie. Because this movie is oddly violent for yeah. a ca- for a Howling Two kind of movie. Oh yeah, like there are limbs being shown out, pr- like practical effects of eyes blowing out of people's sockets. It's weird when the violence oh, when that happens. rubber bat or whatever that is gets on that guy's face at the end for no reason. While Christopher Lee delivers that dialogue straight out of the Beyond, yeah, it's crazy. Yep. Yeah, I, I hate to do this because I, I never, I never want to put the failure of a movie on one person because I know it's not on one person. But you recast Reb Brown, and I think you might have something here. Yeah. Like he's he's playing this as and I know and I'm, I know I'm only saying this because this is the only other film that he makes. He's he's playing this movie as though it is a cheesy 80s Rambo knockoff. Like he's playing it like it's a shitty action movie and it's not. Like when Christopher Lee hands in that gun oh. and he's like, "I'm totally ready to go now." Yeah. <laughs> That's not what movie you're in, dude? Yeah, he seems he's oddly too American for this movie. If this makes sense. Yeah. Um, because I mean, the movie does take place in America to start. It takes place in L.A. and then it moves to Transylvania. But like, everyone else feels like blended into the setting because most of the movie takes place in Europe. He is the one who's mm-hmm. like, I need a gun, or like, Hey, sweetheart, how's it going? You know, it's like, yeah, he's too it's... American for this role. Yes. I, and I and I don't think he knows what he's supposed to do either. So I will put that on the director because <clears throat> everybody else, like all the villains are kind of like, they're playing it straight sometimes, but they're also hamming it up. Like they understand what this is, but then you cut to him and I'm like, he's got nothing. Like there's nothing behind those eyes. No. There's, there's nothing there. It's weird because the wolf, the wolf clan, it, it does feel like a witch covenant. It feels yeah. it feels like a non werewolf group, but they just happen to be werewolves. It does feel weird because even um, Sybil Den- Denny, she she just feels like like the lead occult witch of sorts. You know, she's a werewolf that has mystical powers and such. And I when yes. I think of werewolves, I don't associate all those things. I think of a tragic being. There's nothing tragic about her at all. It feels like almost like Mario Baba's. Um, uh, Mario Bava, Bava's Black Sunday, in a way, is oh yeah. It's like this yeah. movie feels like in the last thirty minutes, just trying to be like, and it's. I mean, she looks great. I, I I can't, I can't knock her costume. Her drip in this movie is so cool. I don't know what it is. That it looks awesome. That fucking metallic like armor that she's yeah, wearing awesome. at the end is super cool. With those big stupid sunglasses too, she looks awesome. Like, and then she starts chanting to like this staff, and and like yep. when you hear it, your ears gouge out of you, and you get possessed. Like I'm like, what the hell is this? Yeah, it's like. 
Yeah, and and I kind of liked how cheesy and stupid like the final battle between she and Christopher Lee is, and then how they then bring in the stunt doubles <laughs> to actually be on fire <laughs> and twirl around. Yeah, I was kind of totally into it because it was these. Really bad effects that then led into practical people on fire. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was kind of cool. <laughs> <to end the movie. laughs> like, this movie has some really strong points. And I re- it's weird. It's like they're all, like, going to the final battle. And, like, the pathway to the castle is, like, blowing up a bunch of werewolf extras, you know? Yep. And it's like, huh? But, like, I'm down for it. I'm down for it, too. And I love how in this movie it seems so... Christopher Lee makes such a big deal in the beginning of this movie to be like, listen, killing werewolves is super tough. And then it's just like, I don't know, let's just blast them a bunch. And I guess they're all dead. Silver bullets, baby. It's super cool. Yeah. And I love how it's not just silver. It's also like, well, you know, after the silver's pulled out, you got to use like a titanium rod and shove it through their heart and mm-hmm. everything. There's there's interesting lore. I I. I really feel like there's just there's nothing here though. Like there's there's nothing here to make this stand on its own outside of the franchise. And I feel like people that love the first one probably hate this. <laughs> and like you, you didn't like the first one anyway. You didn't like this. And I don't know what the rest of the series is like. I hope I'm hoping it goes in weird directions and people just give up on the whole reporter angle and maybe there's some redeeming value to some of these but i really did not enjoy this movie. yeah it's because the first movie just acknowledges the existence of werewolves and then in this movie they kind of forget about that and then isolate it and it's like in la a report la reporter is a werewolf that dies yeah. on television live we're gonna forget about that i normally don't get it the schematics yeah. of like in the timeline of in in movies but it does kind of feel like that but I will say, yeah. knowing that there's more sequels to this werewolf franchise, it makes mm-hmm. me like a, like I always thought Underworld was kind of like the only kind of like werewolf sort of type of franchise. Um, but right. now there's the Howling, I guess that you know that's been you said there's one that was made in like 2011, and I feel like the Terror Table should be like the podcast to cover a Howling sequel. You know? <laughs> yeah. You know what? You know what I have to say though, and this is gonna sound bad. If Scream Factory put this in a box, I'd probably oh get it. Oh my god! <laughs> hey, Ar- Arrow put this movie out. I mean, the Scream Factory's out of print, but Arrow put it out. Yeah, no, I know they. Yeah, I know that Arrow put it out. I'm just talking about the whole box. Oh. Listen, somebody get all of them. Get all whatever fourteen of these together. Put them in a box. I'll buy it. I'll put it next to my Critter set that I'll never watch. <laughs> it's so strange. It's so strange how many sequels this movie has. But based on the second one, yeah. The first movie came in 1981, and it feels isolated. It feels like it's trying to be a serious werewolf movie with some cheese. But in this... I kind of like... Like, it feels gritty at times. There are times where it does feel kind of New York sleazy. Yeah. Like, that's what I sort of liked about that movie. I mean, that doesn't last beyond, like, the first 10 minutes and maybe the last 10 mm-hmm, minutes of mm-hmm. it. Um and and I don't think I have as many problems with the movie as you do, or just you know, I, like I enjoy it. I'd probably put it right up there. I don't know, American Werewolf in London is pretty great, yeah. so probably not not right <laughs> up there, but on a, on a tier below that. Um, but this is this is a huge step down. Yeah, this movie. I just don't know who it's for outside of people who love the scene 
era of the 80s, like the the underground concert metal BDSM types. I don't know. Yeah. Like, but this movie does have a cult following. I did, like, I went on TikTok. I looked up YouTube videos. I, I looked at people who, like, reviewed this movie and like this movie. And it's for a yeah. certain type who, like, likes the silliness and likes the occult and, like, punk scene. And it's like this movie totally okay. caters to that. Yeah, and I, and I felt like, I guess I was thinking of something different. I mean, I hate it when people say, like, this movie's so bad it's good. But that's kind of what I thought this was going to be. Mm-hmm. And and while there were while there were touches, like I said, Christopher Lee in that club, man, I, I will never forget him in those stupid glasses. Like, <laughs> never. <clears throat> there, were, there were times where stuff like that, like, bordered on, like, laughably unintentionally laughably entertaining, but it just never fully went there. Cause anytime a scene like that happened where I was like, this is somewhat entertaining. Then it just hit this lull where we're, I don't know, we're running around with Red Brown or we're sitting through a bunch of exposition mm-hmm. that I don't need. Like I don't need to know your werewolf rules when suddenly she's going to use force lightning near the end of this movie <laughs> where I'm like, well, this doesn't make any sense at all now. Mm-hmm. I agree. You, you get a good editor to trim some of this movie down. I mean, I pause this movie 30 minutes in. I was like, Oh man, there's another hour. Um, <laughs> but like, cause the beginning, like the first 30 minutes feels like it's like the end of the movie. I was curious how long this movie yeah. was. Cause it feels like it's building up like, to the end of the movie already and it's 30 45 minutes into it um and then it's a whole nother movie when they get to europe like it's it's like two kind of different ideas put into one movie and it's spliced together it's it's interesting it's weird it's different for what the the werewolves genre i'm accustomed to because i haven't seen a lot of werewolf movies outside of the original 45 and then you know american werewolf in london and i think the first underworld movie in van helsing <laughs> okay <laughs> all right okay so, yeah i i don't know of any other werewolf movies that that deal with it this way where there's like you said a coven of werewolves that are just sucking and fucking and you know like that's kind of all this movie mm-hmm. is like that's what i kind of didn't understand i was like i didn't want to say like What's Christopher Lee's issue with these werewolves? But they really didn't seem to be causing a whole lot of trouble. It's really just sibling issues, honestly. Um, but the ending to this movie. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's oh. the most, like... That was so bizarre. That was so strange. It it felt like... It felt like the pilot of a tv series about this like i felt like i'm starting a new movie now and i really don't want to continue watching this new movie because i didn't like the old one yeah and the old yeah he just pulls up again says what's the fastest way to the airport he's like i'm getting the fuck out of this movie set and then i'm just going to do a new movie now yeah yeah and why did he stick a gun in that guy's face that guy was playing in a band he's it's it's not like it's a werewolf henchman that disguised himself as a band member. Yeah, I don't know. I it's just, it was so weird. And the kid trick or treating at the end is a werewolf too. <sighs> it's like a, what? What was that? What was that? And they are so concerned about a kid dressed as a werewolf <laughs> on Halloween. <laughs> that like there's so much weird stuff that they have to say like. 
I'll bet he lives right across the hall there. No, that place has been vacant for months. No, maybe it's new people that moved in. I know. Let's invite them over for a drink. And then it's a priest. Like, it's is- a creepy priest. Yes. <laughs> yes. <sighs> I, it makes no it, sense. I hope the third one is just... It starts with that. It starts with the creepy priest closing his door, and then we get into his life living with a werewolf child. Maybe. And then, like, I, one thing I will say, the strong thing is the end credits of this movie. This end credit with the band playing the same song Amazing. throughout the movie. It just, like, this movie, this movie's theme song is playing throughout this whole movie. And then it has... Yeah. Not only the same lines, but it has the same cut oh, cutaway scenes of the werewolf transformations. It just reuses so much of the yep. same things of this movie. Mm-hmm. But the end credits, it reuses the same scene where Sybil Denning is stripping off her chest at <laughs> the chorus. So many times. It's like... So I... It's kind of funny. It's like... Um, it's the best closing credits since uh, Chopping Mall, <laughs> where they show all the characters and they show the one girl with a, an exploded head and then they put her name under it. It's an amazing credit sequence. Oh. You see, somebody needs to buy me the vest drawn of Chopping Mall and send it to me to watch that. Oh, it's... Yeah. yeah. Wait, have you seen I haven't it? seen You've Chopping seen... Mall. <gasps> oh. It's wonderful. Ah, all right. Anyway, okay. yeah. But yeah. So, I, yeah. I, but you're right. It's it's so gratuitous, and it, it almost seems like, well, this is a way to get around whatever her nudity clause was. <laughs> like, we'll just keep showing it again and again. Like, I only imagine, because I think, other than when she does strip off her shirt at that one point, she's naked a lot, but she's like werewolf naked. Yeah, which right? doesn't count as naked. No, because I think it's just a bodysuit with hair stuff. Yeah, and it's like hovering your arms around private parts to pretending to be sexual, which is most of this movie in the orgy scenes. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I felt I felt bad. I felt like I was like, I don't know if like, yeah, like is this the nudity clause or is this like the this is the only way like you know to get people to come see this movie? You know, but I don't think she was was she a major star up to this point with this movie? No. Because it's like no, no, she did she did some stuff around this time. You know, she was a real famous model, um, but she acted in some movies around this time. She really didn't make it into the nineties. Like, you know, oh, she's still but around. She was in Lou Ferrigno's Hercules too, and she was in the <laughs> Red Queen Kill Seven Times a Jalo film. That- oh, I just watched that. I didn't know she was oh. in that. And she was in Warrior Queens in 1987, Battle Beyond the Stars, which just got a recent Steelbook yeah. Screen Factory release. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> That's interesting. So, but yeah, this movie is strange. If I showed this movie to aliens, they would also be confused too. Okay. I mean, I think that's fair. Yeah, like, I think this is a movie, because it's on Tubi. It's a movie if you're just like... I just need to see what the Howling 2 is all about. You can yeah. just turn it on Tubi. It's only an hour and 35 minutes. You know, it's a nice little snack. Which seemed like it was too long it, for yeah, you. Yeah, for me, I thought it was going to be like an hour 19 or something like that. You know, like one of those rare like 80-minute yeah. Godzilla-type movies where it's like it's it starts I, and it's over. 
I think the only way that this movie could be seen, and again, we've talked about the fact that people like it, but I think that if you're looking for any like redeeming quality of this, I could imagine that if you're like, you know what, I'm going to do a howling marathon. By the time you get to Howling 6, you're probably like, you know what? Two pro- two wasn't that bad. It was okay. Maybe that's the case. Maybe that's why we're <laughs> missing the point. I don't know. But yeah, this movie, the problem with this movie, yeah. and I don't say this often about sequel movies, but the problem is it's too many different types of movies put into one movie that it gets kind sure. of tiring after a while. And it's sad because that's Christopher yeah. Lee in it. Yeah, it is. But it's it's always nice to know that like, Great people slum it from time to time. <laughs> There's something comforting about that. <laughs> He's not going to knock everything right. out of the park. Bill Murray was in the Garfield movie because he thought a Cohen brother was directing it. That kind of thing. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, get ready for January's episode lineup when Nathan Jones is on to do Tale of Two Kitties. Get ready for it. Okay. Um, I I would listen to that. <laughs> I think after you bashed, I might even watch after that. you bashed him about I, I, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles two, Secret of the Ooze. <laughs> oh yeah, you know what? I don't. I can't say anything to anyone anymore. I brought you this movie, and before this, I thought Caddyshack two was better than the original. So what am, what am I talking you about? Know, you know how I have to look people in the eyes and told them I watched Caddyshack two since we did that episode. I. I you should hold your head up high when you say that. There is no shame in watching that movie. I'm more pissed off. It's a good. Movie. I'm more pissed off. I had to watch it on Hulu versus Tubi for this movie. Um, like, why? Tu- tu- <laughs> I don't know. Tubi's just a little bit of a better streaming service than Hulu. Like, who has Hulu anymore? Tubi's pretty amazing. Yeah. Like, Tubi is really like anything that I cannot find. I'm just like, no, 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 let's see if Tubi has it. Of course it has yeah, it. I watched Undercover Undercover Brother, Cop with James Woods, and then I watched The Howling yeah. 2 on the same streaming service. The only bad thing is some of those other services like Amazon and stuff, you can type in Vinegar Syndrome and it'll show you those. Tubi doesn't do that. Like I type in Severin. It's like, we don't know what you're talking about, dude. <laughs> okay. I have to actually know the names of the movies okay, I'm looking but for. As much money as Jeff Bezos has, he can invest in a better interface than Amazon Prime Video has already, though. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. I mean, I will say in his defense, he's probably not in charge of that. <laughs> Wait. That's not what's keeping him up at night. <laughs> right. Also, he didn't have the Howling 2 on there unless you have to pay for it, the son of a bitch. But uh, anyway, right. yeah. Um, Doug, any last things you want to talk about with Howling 2? Because I, I feel like I've touched all the high points of this movie and the lows speak for themselves. Yeah. I... I the only thing I want to say is I uh, want to thank anyone who has stuck with us for this entire time. Cause it took us at least a half hour to get to the movie. And we forwarded that by saying how much we hated the movie. <laughs> so to get to this point, you should all congratulate yourselves for doing that. Where do you rank Halloween kills with the howling Two though? I didn't see how, Oh kills. my God. Okay. Forgot. I asked that question. Yeah. <laughs> No, I I mean I saw the the one before that whatever. Mm-hmm. That was Hey, but I this forget. like um, like we said though, this movie got an Arrow video release though. So that has to say for something. Come on. Listen, Arrow, if there's one thing I know, <laughs> Arrow and Kino will put out whatever the fuck they do. Kino puts out everything now. Every time I turn around, I'm like, well, I guess Kino owns every movie. They own the rights to everything. If, if a movie's out of print, don't worry. Kino or Arrow's going to put it out. If 
<laughs> like if Criterion or Screw Factor lose the rights to something, Kino and Air are going to be the ones that put these out. Oh, it it really like Kino's just going through Criterion's garbage, <laughs> and they're just like, oh, oh, did, did you lose the rights to this? Hey, guess what? We'll put it out a week after you, and we'll put out a 4K, motherfuckers, <laughs> so, and we'll price it at twelve dollars. <laughs> I can't wait for uh, Citizen Kane with all the backlash Criterion's had. I can't wait for Kino to put it out. The K next to the K out. Yeah, they're just like, we're not only going to put it out, but we'll put the full title on the front, you asshole. Oh, this is good. This is why this is why I love having you on, Doug. This is great. Okay. It really was. Silence of the Lambs, like, literally... <laughs> Criterion put that thing on. I think two months later, Kino was like, "Hey, there's a 4K coming out from us. <laughs> it's under twenty bucks. I got any of it. It's under twenty bucks. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> and then they're like, "Also, we'll have like twenty sales a year. So twenty bucks now, eleven. Yeah. How's that? Yeah, it's like it's like I I I I I pray every night that you know Warner <clears throat> Archive does another eleven for forty four sale yeah. again, oh. which they never will." But then it's like, oh, well, at least I know there's always going to be a Kino sale where I can, like, oh. TV that up with my big boy hitters with a Criterion or Arrow sale that's going on. I I, I love – I have fallen in love with Kino. <laughs> just – I really do because it really is, like, anytime they have a sale, I just go through it. I'm like, I'm just blind buying shit because I'm like, it's $7.99. I'll blind buy whatever you got. <laughs> and then you have, like – An old Western? A noir? I don't care. I don't and- just – Take them and then all. you have like eight, you know, eight of those shits like on your shelf, and you'll never watch them for years to come, but they're there. Yep. No, it's very comforting because when I sometimes when I walk downstairs, I'm like, well, I want to watch something maybe that I haven't seen. I know I can go to my kino and I can <laughs> see that some of them are still in plastic, and I'm like, well, I'll just take this stack of ten upstairs, and I'll take the next two weeks and go through them. <laughs> It's so true. It's so God. It's they're so my true. favorite. They're they're honestly my favorite label, and that sounds so dumb. <laughs> oh man! So it's like the Virgin Criteria with the Chad Kino, basically now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Dude, I'm a slave to Arrow now. Whenever Arrow has like a limited edition release now, I'm eyeing that son of a bitch. I'm like, oh my god. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love Arrow too because. What I like about Arrow, and and I think that you know a lot of people don't. Not that I'm good at math at all, <laughs> but I see those Arrow sales, and then I see the UK Arrow sales, and I'm doing the conversion, and then I'm doing the shipping. And I'm like, this is still fucking cheaper. Yep. I'm, I'm, most of my things are Region B that I have from Arrow because I, I at this point I need to rent an those apartment sales in the UK and just have those things shipped there, and I'll eventually <laughs> buy a ticket to go there and pick them up. Right. Yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> That's how I think of it. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Cause man, some of the, some of their box sets are amazing. Mm-hmm. And when they can slash that stuff by 50%, mm-hmm. I'll jump mm-hmm. on it. Mm-hmm. Now you got emerging titles like one one and 88 films coming out now. And you know, powerhouse yeah. films is growing, but not there yet for me, but like 88 films and you know, code right with Kino <sighs> collaborations. Now it's crazy. Yeah. 88 puts out a lot of, uh, Kung Fu stuff. I, I never, I never connected with that. It's not mm-hmm. a thing that I ever watched growing up. And I'll 
see it from time to time, so I don't feel too tempted with most uh, of their they're stuff. Put, they're putting out more horror stuff lately. They did a, um, okay. a Urban Legend trilogy box set that's pretty sweet that I've been eyeing. Um, they did an Endicondas box oh, set really? that okay. I kind of wanted. Um, I, I um, people, well, who am I talking to now? <laughs> Nobody's left. I'm talking to you. I don't know if you know this. I designed a uh, uh, a ty- uh, cover for them. Whoa. For um, Star Time. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. look at you. So, yeah. There was a time where I was like, you know what? I'm just going to see what companies, and I was kind of surprised. Some companies were like, I don't know. <laughs> Here's a title. Do it. How much do you want? And they were one of them. So I was like, oh, all right, great. <laughs> yeah. I've also been a big fan of Eureka video. That one's really good to like really yeah. stick to Criterion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it really is because they will just put out the same stuff. Yeah. And, and free shipping from the UK. Um, Can't beat it. Yeah. And they, they put out some stuff like um, Severin put out, I don't know how to say it, V-I-Y, that oh, yeah. Russian mm-hmm. Which is great. It's, it's, oh, I bought it from Severin. I was like, this is amazing. It's a wonderful, wonderful film. It's so creepy and weird and fun. And then Eureka put it out with so many extras and there's commentary and stuff. I'm like, fucking Severin, come on. Uh, and then people are like, oh, wait, is this a boutique label episode or is this Howling 2? But it's a little bit of both because when you talk about Howling oh, yeah, 2, sorry. it's an Arrow video release. We have to talk about the boutique. I'm sorry. No. I, I feel like I've really messed no, you up we have to- tonight because I, I didn't do this right. I didn't do your show <laughs> right, and it's making me mad. Like I said, we have to talk about boutique labels on this podcast always. We have to talk about the original All movie right. and where we are with that. And then we talk about the things we like and how some, you know, here's the thing. Every time we talk about sequel movies, we find things we love about them, reasons to visit them and acknowledge that they exist. Sometimes they don't, aren't my <sighs> favorite movies. You know, that's, that's me too. I, I do movies here where I don't yeah. watch the movies. Again. I was this close to ghoulies too. <laughs> I was this close to just saying, let's just do ghoulies. No, too. cause then and I'd no, have to watch the I'd first try one. And be tricky. <laughs> I'd have to watch the first one. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, they don't have anything to do with one another. And the next time you're on, we'll have to do munchies too. Uh, okay. I'll do munchies. Too. <laughs> I haven't seen the either of them, but they look fascinating. So is that, was Jennifer Love Hewitt in Munchies? God help me, I don't know. All right, I don't know. <laughs> that was that was something that played on uh, I don't know Cinemax or HBO or whatever when I was a kid all the time. <laughs> I just know he's all wearing like time. a leather jacket and is a shot Screen Factory double release. I'm like what the fuck is this? It's not. It's it's terrible. <laughs> One of these days we'll have to do a Gate Two episode. I feel like you're a big fan of the Gate movies. I don't know why. I'm a huge fan of the gate gate too. Not so much, but I'll talk. Yeah, about there you it. go. See, see, we got stuff. You'll be back on. Don't worry. But, uh, I want, I want to bring a sequel that is better than the original. And I think that's, that's messing me up in my head. Like that's, I mean, again, Caddyshack too, but still, yeah, yeah. there's a lot of sequels. Like if you just look at my Twitter at any time, you'll know which kind of sequels like stick with me and some don't. Like I'll do a Venom yeah. two review and then be like, yeah, Venom two over Venom, you know, and then like, oh, does Chris fuck with Venom two? Maybe <laughs> I don't know. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> uh, Doug, man, thank you so much for having right. have, being back on here. Like I said, it's always a yeah. fun, it's a laugh, right? I have such a good time when you're on here. We talk about blue Blu rays, Blu ray collecting. We talk about the movies and. 
Uh, we just kind of shoot the shit. I love that. Uh, I'm so glad you could end the yeah. year being on this episode um, for this podcast, man. It means a lot. God. Yeah, thank you for having Dude, me. Dude. Um, hey, here's here's what I'll say. Since nobody's <laughs> listening, nobody's going to be offended. Your podcast is my favorite one to, to come on. <laughs> it really Thanks, is. Man. This is so much fun. A lot of people take things, I don't want to say a little too seriously, but like there, there are movies that I really like and like passionate, like Vertigo, I love it. Solaris, these are my favorite movies, mm-hmm. but- I can't have serious conversations about movies. Like that's not fun for yeah. me and I'm not smart enough to talk about them that way. So I appreciate that. Yeah, this. no man. Like I said, like this is just a podcast where people who like, like movies and are, who are passionate yeah. about just talking about them, whether they like them or not, just get to come on and we just shoot the shit. We have a good time. We awesome. all have the same hobbies. We all have similar opinions and hot takes at times that they come on here. Um, I mean, you know, for people who like want to be on the, on the podcast, like, you know, being on here multiple times, there's a difference between yeah. what we do on the show versus outside the mic. You know, it's just like, it's always just a good time. It's just a, it's a safe place for film. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love coming on here and having hot criteria <laughs> takes that maybe I don't even really have. Boy, it's so much fun. Boy, my favorite thing is to go on other people's podcasts and just name drop criteria. Like it's nobody's business. <laughs> like I should be sponsored by them just to like build up love for them because I'm tearing them down so much. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. People get very, very upset very easily, and I kind of enjoy there it. There you go. There you go. Uh, but, Doug. No, but thank you for having me. This is no great. No problem, man. And like um, previous episodes, if people haven't watched your or listened to your podcast, where can people find you at? Oh, it's uh, Good Times, Great Movies. Find us wherever you get podcasts. Just type it into a search engine. You got it. It's easy enough to find. Yeah, and they do great stuff. They talk about all these 80s movies, whether ones you've known or ones you haven't heard about before. I totally recommend it. Um, and like I said, it was a podcast that I never thought I would listen to because like I wanted to steer their logo at one point, but then it turns out that was a real podcast. Um, it's, it's super entertaining. Um, the play, the way you play Russian. We're in the middle. We're in the middle of Jamie Lee Sember right now, which we're just watching Jamie Lee Curtis movies of the eighties. And it's a ton of fun. Yeah. And like, I mean, what are you guys at? Like at 160 now, 170? We're at 171, 172, something like that. It's a, it's only every other week, so it's twice a month. We've honestly been doing it since 2015 mm-hmm, somehow, mm-hmm. Um, but you know, still going strong and you know putting out half the content of most podcasts. But hey, check it I out. was there for I was there for your Friday night episode, and I was there for your Black Cauldron episode, and I really enjoyed those. So you know, going to the new year, listen to some good Excellent. stuff. So yeah, definitely check them awesome. out. Awesome, thank mm-hmm. you. And uh, like I said, if you're a big fan of this podcast or if this is your first time listening to us, which is weird because you're tuning in for the Howling too, um, <laughs> listen to us. We're on Spotify. We're on iTunes. You know, follow the the, the channel at Sequel Pod on Twitter. We're big on there. Follow us. Uh, follow me on Hurtastic underscore Chris on Twitter as well. Um, and listen to the Star Wars Vember episodes. I really hope people enjoy those. Um, and as well, tune in for next week where we have the author Mark Wheaton to talk about Friday the 13th Part 4. Five, A New Blood. Very interested to see how that one goes because I haven't seen that movie. Um, oh, <laughs> are you? <laughs> uh, yeah. Have you seen any before that? I've seen the first four and then I watched six and skipped to Freddy versus Jason. Fre- wow. Freddy, oh. or Listen, Friday 10. I, I'm very excited <laughs> to listen to that because I'm okay with Friday 5, but boy, if you like that, people will... 
kill you. They will murder you for liking that movie. Which is with a first time guest who I've had a crush on since I was a kid. It's crazy. So It's awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. Right. <laughs> well, I thank you again, Doug, for tuning in with me, man. And I, and I once again want to thank people for listening. And remember, if you aren't standing sequel werewolf movies, do you not care about cinema? <laughs> Good luck wrapping your mind around that one. Anyway, we'll see you next time. <laughs>